What's going on, guys? Bobby Walker here with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. I say every week I'm so glad to have you, but the reason I say it is because it's true. I'm so glad to have you on the show, have you listening, have you watching. Uh, I appreciate it. And you're just kind of a part of my family, and you make it just makes me feel good knowing that I got people out there supporting me. I appreciate all the messages I get and the, the, the reviews and the this and the that. Thank you, guys. Uh, I do this thing for me. But holy cow, or I started it for me, but now I'm doing it. It's like, I got people out there, man. I got, I got people I got to deliver for and, and, and it's just cool. So thank you for being here. Don't forget, check out the journey of a new entrepreneur YouTube channel. If I say so myself, it's pretty freaking awesome. Okay. Uh, it's just a vlog. It's just a, a story of me finding out I was losing my corporate job and starting a business and my 17 year old son who was way better than me when I was 17, but he was still 17. He wanted to start the business with me and I brought him on and we started the business together and we grew and we dealt with struggles and all of those cool things. We had victories and successes as well. Um, all the way to where, you know, two, less than two and a half years later, we brought on some investors and we've got world domination, you know, as a part of our, our roadmap here. It's cool stuff. If you want to see what it's like to build a business, go check out the YouTube channel. If you want to know how to build a business, I'm just going to give a free plug. Go listen to the Quick Talk podcast by Josh Latimer. He's better at that than I am. So anyway, glad you're here. Thanks for listening. Today, we've got Daniel Dixon on the show. Now, I don't even know if you know Daniel because Daniel is not a, um, let's see here. He's the opposite of me. So I which I would categorize myself as an attention whore. So what's like the opposite of that? <laughs> you're just a doer. You're just like a, you're just a nose to the grindstone. You get stuff done and you're, you're not like the glory kind of guy. Is that a fair assessment? That's a fair assessment, Bobby. I kind of like to be in the background. Yeah, that's cool. Well, Bobby listen, had to pay me to even come on the podcast. <laughs> First time I've done that and it's the last time. So no one else asked. Um, <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> but anyway, dude, I'm, I'm so glad to have you here. Uh, this doesn't happen every time, but it does. It happens as often as I can make it happen. Um, I'm glad that even though you and I know each other and we kind of know our backgrounds a little bit, we're not real tight. And I think that makes it fun to, to get to know each other, talk to each other on the show that lets the other people get to know us a little bit too. So I would tell you to let your hair down, but you just don't have much more than I do. I mean, you got some, <laughs> I have none, but, but you, you, you know, you got just a little bit up there, but, uh, but just, we're just going to be two guys sitting back, relaxing, talking about life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. It's going to be fun. Daniel, 90 seconds or so. Give, give us the over overview of who you are. That sounds good, Bobby. Uh, thank you for having me on your podcast. And uh, might take a little bit longer than 90 seconds, but here it goes. Uh, so I grew up in a family that uh, both my parents worked in a small service business that they owned. Uh, so that's the only thing I kind of knew growing up. And my parents always told me, go get an education, get a better job, uh, go do something that doesn't is not hard on your body, etc. Right? They always wanted a better life for me and my brothers and uh, so I went to college, I went into the military as an officer, I spent some time there. Um, I continued to pursue something I was more passionate about, so I got my MBA, I went into corporate America doing business consulting, um, and from there I, I just continued to kind of gut check myself every once in a while and just saying, I don't know that I could do this for the rest of my career mm -hmm. um, until I retire, right? That's a long time. and. Um, and I just wasn't super passionate about it. I kept coming back to this idea of being an entrepreneur, um, starting a business. And so uh, on the side, I started a, a carpet cleaning business. That's the type of business my family had owned. I knew the industry. I felt like I could be successful at that. Um, that business uh, was or has been successful. And um, and I, I continued to move down the entrepreneurial path even more. I uh, resigned from my corporate job uh, just a few months ago, and I uh, have actually taken a, a CEO role at a very small entrepreneurial company by the name of Sin Jim. Nice. Uh, I love Sin Jim. Familiar with? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So yeah, that's a quick background. All right. So a couple of questions. Now you may have said this, but I try to take notes as you're going. Uh, what, what was the corporate thing you were doing? I know you got the MBA. Uh, what, what did you end up doing in the corporate world? 
Yeah, so I was a business consultant. Um, I worked a lot with C-suite, so the CFO, the CEO on their strategy, improving operations, partnerships, uh, mergers, acquisitions, a lot of the really high-level stuff that you would see um, come out in you know press releases or on the news. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I, I was very fortunate in getting to, to work in those environments. And uh, I, had a, I actually did have a lot of fun doing it, um, but I just... I wasn't as passionate about that um, as I, I think I have been for entrepreneurship. And then what uh, you mentioned military, but you didn't mention the branch. So uh, yeah. what, what yeah, branch? I was, a, I was an officer in the air force and uh, another really cool opportunity. I got to launch uh, satellites into space. So I was stationed in Cape Canaveral um, oh, very cool. here on the Atlas V rocket. And uh, we got to do space launch. It was really, really cool. Uh, launching rockets and, and whatnot but man is that polar opposite from like being an entrepreneur right like mm -hmm. <laughs> you, know, you were in corporate America and it's you know you've got systems you've got structure you've got oh this is how we do this this is how we do that here's the manual for this uh, you know being an entrepreneur is there is no roadmap really yeah. except for Josh's quick talk podcast right yeah like, right. The entrepreneurial plan now mm -hmm. um, or the bible for uh, for small service businesses, but um, yeah, so it couldn't be more polar opposite. Uh, I've enjoyed them both, but but I can say I'm passionate about this and probably not those other things. That's cool. That that's thank you for your service, by the way. That's yeah, awesome. Much pleasure. respect. Um, and then your uh, carpet cleaning business, the one that you had, is that the one that your parents started, or did you start one from scratch yourself, or or what's the story behind that? Yeah, so they, um, this is a, a new one that I started from scratch myself. So my parents uh, sold their business and they went into uh, retirement, if you will. They realized that uh, retirement wasn't all it was cracked up to be and sitting on the couch watching TV all day wasn't good for their health. So they uh, wanted to get jobs and I said, what are you going to do uh, for work? Uh, we're going to go be a greeter at Walmart or we're going to work at Home Depot. We're going to work at the golf course. And I said, okay. And then they realized making $12 an hour um, and having a set schedule and having to be there at six in the morning and all yeah. the, the not fun things about being an employee kind of set in. And I said, why don't uh, you guys start another carpet cleaning business? You know, there's a huge market for it. And uh, the area that we live in in Nashville is growing like crazy. And uh, they said, well, we don't have the, uh, the drive at our age to do that. We don't know about technology. We don't, you know, um, we just don't feel like we could do that. And so mm -hmm. I said, what if I did it and uh, brought you guys on as partners? And so um, I was really, had a really cool opportunity to partner with my parents and, and start that. That's cool. Now, so how old were you when that happened? How when old you started was I that when, business? When I started that business, I was 31. Okay. See, okay. that is cool. I, um, I think you know, my son and I are business partners. And I don't know if he thinks it's really cool that he uh, started a business with his dad. Uh, I, well, I mean, we have a good relationship, but you know, it's like you're, uh, he's young. He was in high school. You know, he was in high school when we did it and we, uh, we have really good moments. And then we have the moments where I'm the overbearing dad and, and yeah, we deal with that as well, you know? So there's, and, and of course he's the, he's not innocent in this whole thing either. I mean, I don't want to like pretend I'm the only bad guy here, you know, but, um, but, uh, we, uh, we have a real good time, but I'll tell you what, we actually went through the fire in the first 12 months and most of it had to do with, uh, just me being an overbearing asshole, just being the honest to God truth. And of course I'm not that way unprovoked but uh you know it doesn't matter if uh, he's behaving in a way that that wasn't right my response to that was you know was really out of line and we actually had some uh, about three different real you know well blow-ups might be the wrong word but three different blow-ups where uh each time he was like yeah i don't think i want to do this anymore and the third one was 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 a blow-up the third one was pretty bad and uh, he actually took me out to dinner and, um, so we could sit down and work through it and we laid out a lot of parameters and, and, uh, made some commitments to each other. And, and it's been pretty awesome ever since with the typical, yeah, you're working with your dad, you know, kind of thing, you know, mixed in there, but, yeah. but, um, but he was, he was young and, uh, uh, it'd probably be a little different if he was 31 versus 
17 when we yeah. uh when we started the thing you know but because so, i tried to tell him i tried to talk him out of it i was like dude listen it's not fun and games because it's like when your son reproaches you he says dad i want to start a business you're thinking this could be one of the best things he ever does but i tried to talk him out of it because i was like it's not fun and games man you're you're still in high school we're going to start this business. You're going to want to do stuff with your friends on the weekends right. and we, we're going to have work to do. And then you're going to get out of high school and, and you're going to want to do, go do something whenever. And then something's going to blow up and we got to go take care of the customer. And, and I spent about three weeks telling him, you know, this is a good life decision, but it's not going to be fun. You really need to think about this. And he probably at one point wished I would have talked him out of it, you know, been successful. But, <laughs> but anyway, but now here we are, he's, he's pumped. He's, He's all about building the business. He's getting, uh, at the moment, more involved in operations, helping out there. I think he probably is going to live more on the sales side of things. Um, I think that's probably more of his strength, but we're, we don't have him in that lane just yet, but we're working on that. So. Yeah, well, congratulations to you to have a son in high school that's mature enough to take you out to dinner when things blow up, right? Yeah. Like, when I was in high school, I probably just wouldn't talk to my parents if they blew up. I'm a uh, proud pop. I'm a proud pop for sure. Yeah. So yeah. you did something right. And, uh, you're right. I mean, it's hard being an entrepreneur and, uh, but he did it at the best time when he's young and I wish I had to start, man, if I started when I was 17, I'd be wealthy. I think by now, but, uh, <laughs> well, you now and me both, man, right? <laughs> you and me both. You know, I, I keep telling myself, Colonel Sanders didn't for any chicken until he was 70, Bob, you got plenty of time. <laughs> Because I'm starting this thing, I'm I'll be 41. Uh, so at the time of this recording, it's uh, May 2019. So I'll be 41 in about a month. You know, June 20th, and I'm like, gosh, I'm so old. I wish I, you know, because I've only been doing this for two, a little over two years. I'm like, God, I should have done this before. But honestly, I would have just failed so hard. I wasn't ready. You know, I wasn't ready. Yeah. I wouldn't have been successful. And it is what it is. But I want to get back to actually you and me. Uh, some cool story here. So. The way you and I connected, because uh, I don't even know if I mentioned this, but we know each other a little bit. Uh, I have a former um, uh, co-worker when I was in the corporate world, uh, Jeff Boab. So, Jeff, I'll tag you on this podcast and we'll see if you listen to it. Uh, Jeff, you suck, man. Um, <laughs> I, I love you, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so Jeff, uh, he was my sales manager in the corporate world there for a while in Virginia. And then I, you know, the company kind of went to hell and and uh not because of me and jeff and uh jeff <laughs> did his thing i did my thing but jeff started doing some digital advertising and ended up meeting you and i don't know if you ever became his client or not but i know you guys were at least talking and jeff connected us because we had similar backgrounds on the the service industry and yeah. you had wanted to uh you were thinking about starting uh like some soft washing and stuff like that so we got on the phone like a year year and a half ago had two or three conversations uh, good ones, you know, just two dudes, just uh, like, you know, talking to each other, getting yeah. some, some counsel from each other. And we, uh, and then we never talked again. I, I think we became Facebook friends and probably yeah. liked each other something every now and then, you know, on Facebook. But, uh, and then back in January of this year, uh, my listeners have heard me talk about the BBB, the, the business bourbon and bullshit group that, uh, right. that actually we're both in. And, um, we, uh, we're at this thing in January and next thing you know, you're there and I'm like, Holy crap, what the hell are you doing here? And you were like, Holy crap, what are you doing here? And, and, uh, it, you know, small world, it was really cool. So now we're, we're in the, in a, a circle together of some dudes that, uh, um, as uh, Sid, our friend, uh, calls it the, the league of extraordinary gentlemen is what he says. I'm like, you know, minus the gentleman part. I think this is a really great, uh, uh, thing, but, um, but anyway, we got to know each other like that and it was, super cool and then here we are doing this podcast together and even though this podcast is going to be released um after everyone's going to know about you being the ceo of sin gym i really feel special knowing this information before the rest of society so and sin gym well actually we'll talk about that a little later but that's a, a service platform a software platform that i use in my business it's really freaking awesome to be honest with you but uh, so anyway daniel you've been this entrepreneur kind of your whole life in, in a sense, you know, you were when you were a young kid with your parents, you, um, then you went into the military. Now, what, what made you, what made you get into the military? Yeah, that's a great question. So I've always, uh, kind of been, uh, looked up to my dad who served in the military 
um, I thought that that was a couple of things. One thing I wanted to serve and it was a way for me to pay for college. Mm -hmm. um, so I got a full scholarship to, uh, the air force, um, as long as I got my degree in engineering. Mm -hmm. So I beat my head against the wall for five years and got my degree <laughs> in engineering, uh, because it was financially smart. And, uh, so that's kind of how, how I chose the air force and, um, kind of going into the military thing. I think I was probably a little bit influenced by, by my dad in that way. That's cool. And then air, was he in the air force or was he in a different, he was way? actually in the Marine Corps and said, don't go into the Marine Corps. Uh, and you got to think at the time of all this was happening was like, uh, you know, all the conflict in the middle East. And yeah. That, so, yeah, it's now I want to be clear. I'm, I've never served. I have a great deal of respect for everyone that has, um, and, but I've always been very intrigued by the military. Like I've just, when I have friends that are in the military, I always ask them all this stuff. And I saw a funny, uh, uh, I used to work with a guy that was in the army and he was actually, he showed me this funny, uh, little comic and it was, um, what was it? So it was like a, a, a Navy SEAL holding his gun up over his head, water up to his neck. It's raining on him. And the captain says, this sucks. Then it was like a, uh, let's see here, what was it? Like an army ranger, water up to his waist, holding his gun, raining on him. Captain says, this sucks. Then there was a, a guy in the Navy, like walking down the street, raining on him. He got his hat on. He says, this sucks. And then the last, last one was uh, a guy in the Air Force sitting in an apartment, throwing his uh, remote against the wall saying, damn it, the, the cable's out. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> And they don't call us the chair force for nothing. Yeah. So I'm not ragging on the air force, but I always thought that was a really funny thing watching, watching all the branches pick on each other. So. Oh, that's a big, uh, there's a lot of inter-service rivalry. Yeah. That's <laughs> so military, do you, do you think that that has helped you in the entrepreneurial side of things? Was that a, oh my gosh, absolutely. Um, and I think all my past experiences helped me, right? Like if I started at 17, I joke that I'd be wealthy uh, by now, but I think that it would be entirely different. Mm -hmm. I'd have a different perspective. Um, I learned so much from my time in the military about leadership, which is probably one of the key assets of growing a, growing a company, right? Because it becomes less about, you start washing the windows or cleaning the carpets and it, that's about what it is, right? You become yeah. the best window washer or carpet cleaner there is. Well, then you hire employees and, you know, before, sooner rather than later, it turns into your job is about managing your people and leading your people mm -hmm. and creating an environment and a, being a person that they want to work for, um, which is, becomes far more important than the actual cleaning of whatever you're cleaning, right? And so I think the training I got in the military around that was invaluable. I mean, right when I got out into the military, you know, I'm um, in my early 20s and they throw me, you know, 25 people of all ages, uh, all types of backgrounds, male, female, and they said, go lead all these people um, doing these important missions, right? And it's mm -hmm. just, uh, it's kind of a crash course in leadership. Um, so from as again as an outsider i've always been curious about this <sighs> this is probably gonna come across the wrong way you'll know where i'm coming from <laughs> so, so please take this the right way so from an outsider looking in because of how the military works it's like if if someone outranks you if they tell you to do something right you just got to do it like there's no you don't like get to decide right. you, you can't be like ah i'm quitting i'll go work somewhere else you know that doesn't that doesn't happen so from the outsider, I would look at it and like from the leadership standpoint and I, at times I thought, well, does it make you a good leader or is it just like make you a good boss? Now I know that's not the case. You know, yeah. I know, I know it's not, but like it could be, it's easy to like look at it and say, well, you kind of have ultimate authority, so to speak, sure. tell someone that you outrank to do something. Yeah. So let me ask it this way. Does the military uh, or how does the military develop you to be a great leader versus a great order giver. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so the military or the department of the of defense has probably done more research about leadership than any other organization or body. Um, and because of that they've published a lot on it and whatnot, because they want strong leaders, 
Um, and the whole rank thing really, the purpose of that is to say, if we are in a time of war, there's no questioning who's in charge, right? Like Bobby mm-hmm. and I are going to sit here and say, hey, Bobby, go do that. And you're going to be like, no, oh, fuck you, man. Like, I'm not yeah. going to go do that. Like, and then be like, no, I outrank you. You're going to go do that. There's no questions about that. Um, and you need to be efficient in your decision making and whatnot. But um, every officer that I know, at least the good ones, strive to be a good leader and not mm-hmm. use their authority. Um, a good leader has people do what they want them to do because those people want to do it, mm-hmm. uh, not because they have the authority to tell them to do it, right? Like every, think about every good boss you've had. Mm-hmm. You want to do what they ask you to do because you want to impress the boss. You think that boss is awesome. You want to make them happy. You have shared goals. All of those things that make a good leader, it's not about, well, this guy's going to fire me if I don't do this, right? Like that's a terrible environment to work in. And yeah. Um, you may have the authority, but that's certainly not the preferred method of uh, leading your people. Cool. So is, is servant leadership a thing in the military? Absolutely, man. Yep. That's a huge thing. Um, and you'll see it like, you, you know, military leaders say like lead from the front, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm going to ask you to go out there and run in a bunch of bullets flying around, like I better be out there with you. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool. So, so military, Great for someone that wants an education. Great for someone that wants leadership development to do their own thing down the road. That's, Absolutely. That's what I'm getting out of this. Yeah. And I'll say that uh, one of the things that I still live by, if uh, you got any entrepreneurs out there and they're looking for leadership, one of the simple things is uh, they have like a, a growth model that they teach in the Air Force at least. Uh, and it's uh, expectations, uh, skills, uh, feedback, consequences, and growth. So you got to give someone their, their expectations right up front, right? Of, mm-hmm. This is what I expect from you. You got to give them the skills to meet those expectations, right? Like if you don't do either of those two things, it's on you. Yeah. Um, so you can't be mad at someone for not doing it right if you didn't give them the skills to do it. Um, and then you got to make sure you're giving them feedback. Do they know they're not doing it right? How do you do that, right? And then you got to have consequences when they're when you've done the first three and they still don't do it right what are the consequences and out of that people grow and that's kind of the the five things that you use to to make sure that you're being a good leader to your people and that they're not out there being like man this guy's terrible that's a good stuff you know i again i've mentioned this before on the podcast and on uh, on my youtube channel but uh, I had a great deal of success in my corporate corporate stint. Um, I, the job I had before I got into the, this position, I was a forklift operator for 11 bucks an hour and it wasn't that long ago. So it wasn't like 11 bucks an hour was a lot of money. Okay. Right. Um, and, um, and then like in a six year time frame, I went from that to having six digit income. Um, I had about 65 people that, that worked for me, you know, worked under me and all that stuff. And I had some success. Like it's it's easy to beat yourself up and you know talk about only the bad. But I was such a poor leader in so many ways. And just like what you're talking about, it's like I would tell someone, you know, what to do, but I may not even give them the tools to do it. Or um, or some or I'd give them the tools. You know, you know, maybe I'd spend time training someone or whatever, a new sales rep or whatever. And then. but when they would screw up, I would just kind of like write someone off at that point. Right. Like, okay, they're done. Let's just get through the corporate, you know, right up, right up, final, out the door, yada, 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 you know. And, and I look back with so much regret. Um, I, don't, I don't even know why I'm telling you this. <laughs> but I look back yeah. with so much regret. Just like I, I could have had such a better team, not because they weren't good, but because their leader wasn't good. You know, their leader was not developing the team. And, and, um, and even as I'm sitting here listening to you now, it's like, I'm saying to myself, Oh, I'm doing a lot of that, you know? And then I'm also sitting here thinking, Hmm, here's some things that I can do better, you know, that I need to, uh, to do better as well. But, but this time around we're building a great company culture and, you know, we just had our tech meeting this morning, our, our company meeting, our admin shows up to, uh, this morning. And, and I'm real happy with what we're doing, but I'll tell you the old me wouldn't, wouldn't be where we are. So, so yeah. that's good stuff. Now, next step, just your little journey, uh, to becoming the entrepreneur here. Uh, you, you got your, uh, master's in business yeah. at, at Oklahoma state, which I is, did. yeah. So we just found this, I just found that out, uh, 
I don't even remember how. I think I clicked on your I Facebook. Saw, uh, something on Facebook and yeah. my profile or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm from Oklahoma, which I guess you didn't live there. You just, you went, you did it like remotely, I think, right? And you just. I did. did they had the a really cool program real quick about, uh, for military officers and they allowed military officers to take the course remotely. So they would videotape all the lectures, hmm. uh, record them, put them online. And I'd have to listen, but like all my classmates were in class. So I had to uh, I had to work with teams and whatnot remotely, but it was a unique experience for sure. Well, I was kind of excited when I saw that because, you know, I didn't like I didn't go to college either. But in Oklahoma, your professional football team is the Oklahoma Sooners, and then of course, all you do all year long is you fight with Oklahoma State fans, <laughs> and then and then like one week out of the year you fight with Texas Longhorn fans and and that's life and right. so it's it's fun always just talking trash and I thought oh he went to Oklahoma State yeah and it's kind of acceptable kind of I, actually Oklahoma State fans always dog people like me that didn't go to school but it's like it's kind of acceptable to do that because it's like they are the pro football team you know so it's like it's cool right. I grew, you grow up grew up loving them but um but it, I was like eh, I don't know Daniel's too nice I don't know that I don't want to make you not like me by talking a lot of crap about the Sooners oh, and, football man, and all that stuff. That. That. <laughs> hey, Oklahoma State uh, just won the uh, national championship in golf uh, yesterday. Like, like for like the 50th time, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. It's only golf, but uh, my <laughs> football team is – uh, we have work to do. Yeah, well, they were looking great there for for a few years. A few years, and yeah. Kind of, it kind of went back down. So, all right. So, everyone, no one cares about that except for me and you, of course. Um, and for my buddy Robbie, in case you're listening or watching, in Boomer Sooner down down <laughs> horns. My my best friend on the planet is a Texas Longhorn fan, and I don't know how that happened. So, so Daniel, you started this uh, carpet cleaning business. Uh, when you were 31, I don't know how old you are right now, but you're not too much older than that. So no, how long did you have that thing? I'm 35. Uh, so the business is four years old. The, it's still in operation. We, I still own it. Um, but so yeah. Okay. And then do you, are you the kind of guy that'll talk about numbers or is that, um, get, cause if you're not, that's full, that's completely fine. I'm more of an open book dude, but if you're not, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's super small and we've limited it. Um, we only have one truck. Mm. We'll do like $150,000 this year and we've intentionally limited it. One, because uh, my parents are operating it right now and they wanted to be retired. So this is kind of like a semi-retired gig. Okay. And then, um, I'm obviously uh, fully busy with other things. And so, uh, the most important thing is our service to our customers. We serve, we only serve a really high end clientele right now and mm -hmm. we limit the number of jobs we take. We don't do any marketing um, to acquire new customers. We market to our own customers. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's kind of that. And the purpose was actually to keep that business small until I wanted to, to go full time into carpet cleaning mm -hmm. and run my, run that business. And then I was going to grow it and then kind of take it off my, my parents' shoulders. And, um, and this opportunity with Sin Jim came up. And so I decided to yeah, kind of screwed that, that idea. <laughs> yeah. So, cool. so I delayed the opportunity to do my carpet cleaning business and grow that. So it's a, uh, we intentionally have kept it very small. We have a very small service area. And like I said, we serve only a small. That's know, cool. The last, area. the last episode I recorded that I just released a day ago, which I think this one's going to go live a little ways down the road, but I just recorded one with Thad Eckhoff, who's the, uh, he owns the, he's partner owner in the, um, huge convention. And, uh, he, he also, he has a little, little bitty, you know, boutique, uh, uh, pressure washing, soft washing yeah. company in, um, uh, Mississippi, I think is where he's at now. And, um, he's bounced around. I'm trying to remember where he's at now, but, uh, but his, you know, it's like that, that's just like some people's thing, you know, yeah. and uh, which is, it sounds like you want to scale the thing, but it's like, uh, he actually said to me, he goes, well, I hope I'm not a bad guest on the podcast. I'm like, hell mm -hmm. no, this is journey of an entrepreneur, man. This is like, yeah. it's about you and about your thing. So that's cool. Um, now, so Sin Jim, let's talk about that a little bit. Well, I'll say one more thing about a small business for anybody out there that feels ashamed of a small business or uh, thinks they need to scale is that I found that the smaller the business, the higher the margin 
uh, can be. Mm -hmm. So you can net a pretty sizable uh, number on, you know, 150,000 in revenue if you keep your expenses low and you're not, you know, spending a lot to market, et cetera. I'm not saying that's what you should do, but uh, there's no shame in having a small business and it can be very profitable. Not, you know, not, not, I'd be making a lot more money right now if we were doing like 160 K a year. Right? (laughs) I really would. You've invested in growth. Yeah. Yeah. It takes money. But it's, and, and it's like kind of faith too. It's like, Oh my God, I've got to, you know, it's like you keep telling yourself, this is for the future. This right. is for the future. Right. Because right now it's, there's my net almost, I almost don't, I don't have a net. I've lost my net. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to grow, but I don't have a net. But, um, but that's short term. But um, the, uh, Oh God, what was I going to say? Uh, I don't remember. So we'll move on. Let me think for two more seconds. One second. I forgot. I lost my thought. I had another thing to mention about time. that. But, um, but I, uh, yeah, I wish, I wish I was bringing home as much as I could when I was doing like 160 versus where we're at today. So Sinjim, now this is exciting. So I'll tell you my story with Sinjim. Can I tell people what it does? Is that okay? Yeah, please do. Yeah, I was going to have you do it, but I'm like, I, I oh, love no, this. No, no, you do it. Okay. So I love Sinjim. So here's how I found out about it. I got into this business. Uh, the listeners know the story. lost my job started this thing overnight, blah, blah, blah. So I instantly start getting online and I'm Googling stuff and I'm on Facebook and joining Facebook groups and this and that. And through the groups, I end up discovering this dude named Josh Latimer, which obviously, you know, very well. And, um, not the listeners, but, but Daniel here and, um, the, uh, found his podcast and then his podcast was awesome for me and has helped me tremendously. I mean, it's, aside from me and my son, because I got to give us credit, his podcast is probably the single biggest influence in, in our success and with our business here. And um, through his podcast, he was always marketing and advertising Sinjim, which makes me think I need to start advertising stuff in my podcast. <laughs> but um, so he starts talking about Sinjim and I'm like, this thing's amazing. So I joined it. Uh, so I call, let me tell you what it is. And then I'll, I'll tell everyone how I ended up joining. So, Send Jim, I always get, it always cracks me up when people will say, well, will Send Jim work for this? Well, first off, let me tell you what it does. And then let me tell you if it'll work for it. Send Jim is an, is an automation platform. So it automates things like direct mail. It automates things like five arounds, which a five around is every time you do a job, you can send a postcard to like the five or 10 or 20, however many you want uh, neighbors around the service, uh, the place you just serviced a card that says, Hey, we just serviced your neighbor. Sinjim will automate voicemails. So like in my business, the day before, you know how like the dentist, if you guys go to the dentist and you get a phone call the day before that says, hi, don't forget your appointments tomorrow. And it's a recording. Well, you can have that kind of software. That's what Sinjim does. So the day before an appointment, my customers get a voicemail from me. And it just says, hey, this is Bobby. I just wanted to remind you about tomorrow's appointment. I actually don't have the details right in front of me, but I did shoot you an email earlier this morning as well that has all of those. If you have any questions, let me know. And then they get an email from my CRM that tells them the date and time and all that. A week after the job, it gets another voicemail from me saying, hey, we were out about a week ago. I just wanted to make sure you were good. So Jim does all of these things. And then when I piss off a customer, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I trained my admin on this, so I don't even have to do this anymore. I trained her two weeks ago, but uh, you can send gifts and everything from a gift card to chocolates to this and that. The best gift to send is these brownies. They have these gourmet brownies that are like freaking amazing. It's one of the reasons I'm about 40 pounds heavier today than I was <laughs> when I started this business because I send brownies to myself. But, um, but if you, uh, you know, say you mess up or you need to sh- want to show some appreciation to someone, three button clicks. You, you select their name, select you want to send a gift, select the brownie thing, and it sends them, yeah, we have a I'm sorry one. You know, hey, sorry, we screwed up, you know, because it happens a few times a month. So uh, we just send it to them, and then we get great feedback from these people. So here's, I hope I don't get in trouble for this, Daniel, but I want to tell people what I think Sinjim is not. Sinjim is not the direct mail thing. It is not the voicemail thing. It is not the postcard thing. Sinjim is the automation. Sinjim is the employee that does all of those things for you. So when people say, well, would Sinjim work for my business? I'm like, of course, if, if direct mail works, absolutely. If staying in touch with your customers work, I mean, do you think 
staying in touch with your customers and sending them a postcard every month or every quarter would work? Well, then, of course, because what SendGem is, is the employee that you hire that never calls in sick. It never uh, uh, calls in at all. Uh, never is late. Never forgets to do anything. He just does it. And it's like 100 bucks a month. Jim like is a the, great employee, man. He's a great employee. No workers comp, no nothing. It just happens. It ties in with your CRM and all that stuff. Was that a fair, like that was a fanboy's approach, no, but I think awesome. it did a pretty good job throwing that out there, that right? Was, that was awesome, Bobby. And uh, I think, you know, <clears throat> you, you really get it. I think a lot of our businesses, um, I shouldn't say a lot, but there's businesses out there that they buy it and they cancel or they don't use it because they don't see see the value. But uh like you said, I mean, we'll be frank, you can go do EDDM uh, and send mailers for cheaper than you can and send Jim, but it's, it's the automation of it and the yep. importance of automation in business today uh, is where send Jim brings a lot of value. Absolutely. And I, I, you know, I've talked to Josh about this a lot. So Josh Latimer, the um, guy, the founder of send Jim, and I've always said, man, you know, you always talk about radius bomb, but radius bomb's not like the thing, which his response is, well, that's the sexy part of it, which it yeah. is, you know, which we did. I didn't even mention radius bomb, but like, yeah, you, didn't. you can like pull up uh, the, let's call it a Google map. Google map yep. yeah, yeah. I don't think it is Google. Map. Maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah, we're integrated with Google. It's a Google okay. map. So you pull yeah. up a Google map and you know, like the satellite view and you can just circle literally just with your mouse, uh, mouse pointer, circle whatever houses that you want to mail out to. And then you just create a sequence. So you can say, circle all these houses around this really nice lakefront and say, okay, send a postcard every three weeks to them. And these specialized postcards talk about houses that live on this lake. And, uh, and then you circle it, hit the button, boom. Now it's going to these people and focusing on the, like these big mansions that need their windows clean because they have this amazing lake view or something like that. And I think that's awesome. I mean, that's honestly, that's freaking amazing. And yeah. in my opinion, it's like the least valuable part and it's freaking amazing. You know, that's like, it's, it's yeah. the, the staying in touch with your customers, the automation, the, the following up with people, keeping them coming back to you. Um, it's, it's just too easy to be awesome. And uh, like five arounds. Um, sometimes I get a lot of uh, uh, work from them and then sometimes I don't, but I just did a job. I think it was $1,200. We did it last, it was last week when the rain, the weather killed us, but it was an $1,100, $1,200 job that we got just because we did a job at someone's house. The technician hit fit completed when he was done with the job. And then these postcards go to all the neighbors. Another $1,200 just falls in our lap and right. we didn't do anything. It was awesome. People say, Oh, you know, it's expensive. It's, you know, is it expensive to send to spend $3 to acquire, you know, another customer or even if your, your percentage is low, I mean, mm -hmm. like you said you get a $1,200 customer out of it. Yeah. It's what, well, and I don't even know how many postcards that, that would pay for but math's not my friend. We're not going to do that math right now. <laughs> but, but anyway, so it's good stuff. So, so that's send Jim. Now here's how I found it. Now, Daniel, you might be thinking to yourself, Hmm, Bob, I thought whenever a guest came on a podcast, the guest would speak. <sighs> That's how it's supposed to work, but I'm going to keep talking just for another second. <laughs> yeah, I want to tell you my story on Sin Jim. So uh, as I said, like almost instantly starting the business, I found out about Josh, got his podcast. So of course I got the marketing stuff about Sin Jim, how he's saying how amazing it is and all this stuff. So, um, and I didn't have a lot of money. You know, I, I, I didn't yeah. have, I had virtually no money. And uh, so I'm like two weeks into my business or three weeks into the business. And uh, hell, it may have been a month. I don't know. It's kind of irrelevant. Sometime in the first month, I call Sin Jim. I talked to Chris. So Chris Phillips, who um, actually is going to be on my podcast soon. And Chris is one of the partners. And, and um, we, uh, he's, he's been like the sales guy for a long, long time. And I'm talking to Chris. I'm like, yeah, I really want to do this. I think it's great. And he's like, okay, awesome. He's like, well, how much how much are you doing a month right now? And I'm like, Oh, I just did my first month and we did like $4,800 or something like that. And here's why I'll like forever be a sin gym fan is not only is the software great, but like the people in the company are full of integrity. And he said, Bobby, I want you as a customer, but you're not doing enough revenue right now to justify buying this software. Yeah. And I was kind of like really sad because I, I really wanted to buy it. And he goes, here's what you need to do. He goes, you need to be doing enough monthly revenue where it's 
buying this package that I bought was just 10% of my monthly budget. It was a one-time expense. So basically it was like 800 bucks what I needed to spend. He goes, you need to have a $10,000 a month and then do it. And I'm like, okay, you son of a bitch, which I'm kidding. You know, I love kids. I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to do it. So in month two, we did like 9,800 bucks and I called him back. And I'm like, all right, I'm ready to do it. And he's like, well, how much revenue did you do? I'm like 9,800. He's like, all right, we can do this, you know? And, and it, but it was just, it made me trust the company because he could, he didn't have to do that. He could have yeah. just taken my money and moved on. But, but the company was really concerned about me. So that's my story of becoming a part of Syngym. And uh, it's one of the reasons I'm such a big fan. Uh, Responsibid, I have the same like ooey gooey feelings, which I, I don't know. Do you know Kurt over there? I do. Uh, I do know Kurt and I use Responsibid in my business as well. I think ah, that's, okay. that's probably up there with my favorite technology you can have. Yeah. Well, but the two companies are so alike in, in how they operate and how, how they treat people and everything. So uh, I've just got a lot of love for both of you guys. I was at a Responsicon with Kurt and I'm like, here's the deal. Responsibid and Syngym integrate really well. Like they, yeah. uh, you know, that, that actually that's how I do it. I use Responsibid to tell Syngym what I want it to do. And uh, I said, you guys should do a merger and we'll call it Response Gym. <laughs> He's like, I like this idea. And I'm like, it's a great idea, but I want to get paid if it happens. So, yeah, so, anyway, right. so I just took um, up all your time talking about Syngym. Tell us about how the hell did you get in touch? How, how are you the, the CEO of Syngym? Yeah. So, uh, so thanks for the, uh, the overview of Syngym. It was fantastic. Uh, better than I would have done. <laughs> I got, so Josh is the common thread here, right? So I started my carpet cleaning business and after about a year I was making an hour long corporate drive each way to my client. And I said, you know, instead of just listening to the radio and all the commercials, like I need to improve myself. So I just started, I never done the podcast thing in my whole life. Very first podcast, I, I typed in, uh, I think it was Grow My Cleaning Company, something along those lines. And uh, I downloaded the Quick Talk podcast, my very first podcast I ever listened to. And um, and Josh had two guests on there, Mike Dalkey and Michael Kaplan. Mm -hmm. And um, I listened to the episode and these guys were... Uh, Michael Kaplan, for those of you who don't know, uh, grew a very, very large carpet cleaning business. And they kind of started an investment group, if you will, to invest in small service businesses, both Mike's. Uh, I mean, just to briefly interrupt you, just so the, the listeners have a good roadmap, those are the two guys that actually invested into our company recently. So I know yes. you know that, Daniel, but so Mike and Mike are the guys that invested in my company. Dalkey's already been on the podcast. I have one with Kaplan recorded. So you guys are going to get to hear about, he's got a pretty cool story to tell. But anyway, go ahead. Just yeah, yeah. Wanted, so, just wanted to connect so, those dots for everybody. So I heard those two guys. I'm like, man, both of them uh, kind of came from a similar background and that they were formally educated and have been in corporate America. And then they kind of reverted to this, uh, what I call is like the, the blue collar entrepreneur. And everyone that I kind of surrounded myself with in corporate America and my friends to this point kind of thought I was crazy for having this desire. And so I kind of use the quick talk podcast as my outlet to man, these, there are people out there that believe in mm. what I believe in. And, yeah. um, and so I listened to this episode and I said, I want to reach out to these guys and just meet them. And I reached out, um, and found out that Mike Dalkey lived about 20 minutes from me. And, uh, and so we met up for coffee and, um, and that's all it was. And, I thought he was a great guy and uh, we became really good friends actually. And uh, Mike and I would meet regularly uh, just to be friends, just like friends would and uh, talk a little bit of business and families and got the families together. And, and then, uh, you know, he invited me to the BBB group that, mm -hmm. that uh, Bobby's talked about. And then, you know, he, he called me one night and said, Hey, I've got this business that I've invested in and, um, there's an opportunity for, for us to kind of grow the business and to turn it into something bigger. And, um, and, you know, I need your advice on some things from a business consulting perspective and you've got your MBA. And so I, uh, I worked with Mike a little bit, you know, here and there, we would talk about it. And then, you know, six months later, he said, Hey, would you be interested in potentially joining the team? And I said, I certainly be interested. And so, you know, probably another six months went by and here I am, uh, the CEO of Syngym. So 
That's it's cool. a it's a crazy uh, crazy kind of story of how it happened. But uh, I couldn't have met a better group of of people. And like you yeah. said, Josh is an an amazing person first of all. But he's mm-hmm. got some incredible information on his podcast and and a bunch of incredible guests. So for yeah. anybody out there that hasn't heard it, you should listen to it. Yeah, you know that's the third time we've plugged it. I think I should charge him for the second two. No, it's probably like the fourth time we've plugged that. I need some money at this point from the quick talk, but um, uh, I promise I won't mention it again. <laughs> no, I don't mind. I, <laughs> that's not what I meant. <laughs> that's not what I meant. So, how long like, have, I'm trying to grow my audience, not his. Yeah, how long have you been uh, at the range over there now? It's been. Um, I've been here for this. Is my the ending my first month. Oh really? Okay. So it's a uh, it's a whirlwind for sure. It's uh, think about as an entrepreneur, you think about starting a business and all the systems you've got to come in and create. And well, imagine having a business with thousands and thousands of customers on multiple platforms, and just about everything needs to be undone and redone. So, it, I didn't really think about this until I got involved in it. But it's actually been more challenging, I think, than starting a business because you've got to make a lot of transitions without disrupting your customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a lot of our customers use our product every single day. They've got automation built in like you talked about. And so um, it's a little bit of a, a tricky situation so, and it, there's a lot going on. So it's, um, yeah. it's been, it's been a whirlwind for sure. Now, are you doing everything remote? Or are you going spending some time uh, up in Michigan? Um, I haven't spent much time uh, up in Michigan, but um, we are building a team in Nashville, and uh, we've still got our key players up in Michigan. And nice. So, um, yeah, we uh, we kind of people all over the country right now. Nice, very cool. And Nashville is super cool. I don't want to go too far into this, but I had my first real experience with it. I went there in January, but it just drove through Nashville. Didn't. Yeah, and that was it. But uh, that the last event we had, which I think you saw it because I kept posting photos and everything uh, yeah. in our group. And but me and Joshua and Chris, we uh, hit up the strip, and I was like, "This place is freaking amazing!" We had so much yeah. fun. And someone said, "Well, they don't call it Nash Vegas for anything." And I'm like, "I've never heard that, but I get it. I see it. You know, it was awesome. So I'm jealous." It's a of great you. time. It's a great yeah. place. So, so what's next? I mean uh so send send jim you're, you're here what what's on the roadmap like we're going yeah. worldwide with this thing or or we're getting to canada finally all my canadian listeners just, <laughs> just be patient you know so anyway what, what do you got going i'm i'm not uh, Canadian. so i think at a very high level right it's it's me understanding where we're at today we're still mm-hmm. in that process what's the current state for everything uh, making sure that we're really maximizing what we have today. And then we've got a ton of ideas about how we can develop uh, new uh, new features and new products to kind of um, empower the entrepreneur. I think that that's Synjim's mindset, right? So we've got the product of Synjim who does all the marketing that you talked about, not only for your current customers, for acquiring new customers, um, and then we've got a product we haven't mentioned yet, Automate Motivate. That's really oh. about employee engagement. Um, and so are you, is that a part of your thing? To, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, I didn't know how that worked. I, I didn't yeah, know if that yeah. was separate from Syngym or what. I so, love Automate Motivate. Uh, so Syngym has two core products right now, Syngym and Automate Motivate. And that's confusing and we're in the process of actually rebranding. Okay. Um, so really we're going to have a company that's going to be a new brand and they are going to retain Syngym and Automate Motivate, right? Those okay. are the two products. We've also got Revenue Buddy, which this is my plug out there for that. It's free right now. Go sign up. At some point, that's not going to be free anymore. So uh, go out there and do that. Um, and I won't talk too much about it, but we've got that. We've got the sales and marketing super All course. Right. I've, I've got to interrupt you. I'm so sorry. Oh, and I, listen, tell me about Revenue Buddy? Revenue Buddy. I've got to interrupt right, you. Tell okay. about Revenue Buddy. Well, no, here's the thing. So first off, it's great. Now, I'm not going to go as deep as I did with um, ResponsiBid. Or ResponsiBid, I'm sorry. As, as I did with Sinjim. But um, so I'm not using Revenue Buddy, full disclosure. But the reason I'm not is I already had like a, like my mind works like that. And I came yeah. from the world. So like, I, but I did like use it. Like I went through yeah. the whole process. I used it too. I'm not using yeah. it today, but I did use it. And it's great for, especially for people that have never like created a, a revenue budget for an upcoming year. It's, it's an amazing tool. So here's the deal. So many people are like, I don't know how to plan for the upcoming year. 
If you don't know how to plan for your upcoming year, just go get revenue, buddy. It's going to do it for you. You punch in some information, you, the information that you know and where you want to get, and it's going to tell you uh, basically how you need to market. Are you going to need to spend money to market? Are you going to need to spend time to market? Are you going to need to spend both? It breaks it up into months, and it helps you come up with your annual plan and budget for yeah. your business. It's great stuff. But here's what I wanted to interrupt you about. I always tell Josh, I say always, I, I reached out to him a few times. I'm like, dude, actually it's a really good name, but every time I hear it, I laugh. And I don't, have you ever seen Horrible Bosses 2? No, I haven't. Okay. One of my favorite comedies. It's so stinking funny. But they make this little uh, shower head with built-in soaps and it all comes out for you <laughs> so you don't got to mess with everything. And they call it the shower buddy. And, uh, and then they make fun of it and they're like, you shouldn't call it a shower buddy because they're like, what? You're not going to be in the shower with your buddy, you know? And, and I'm, so I told Josh, I'm like, dude, you got to change the name, man. Because every time I hear it, all I think about is taking a shower with another dude. And I just, <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. If you've seen the movie, it's really funny. If not, I just bombed on the podcast. So yeah. anyway, so, but you were going to automate gross sale, right? Is that or not, uh, uh, super course? I mean, you were talking about super course. super course. Yeah. So all of this is just to say that, you know, send Jim as a vision is really empowering the entrepreneur, giving him the tools that aren't out there today. So all this, uh, all the formal education and courses that you can buy and products that you can buy that are, you know, software, big software as a service, those are all focused on big business because that's where the money is, right? Mm -hmm. You land one client, they could spend a hundred grand with you on education and um, software, et cetera. So no one's ever developed that stuff for the small business because what's our budget? A hundred dollars a month or $500 a month, right? Like, yeah. And you got to get 10,000 customers before you, you, you can pay for the software that you built. So no one's ever targeted these people. And, and Josh has a heart of gold and, um, and really a great vision. He's the one that's the brain behind a lot of these products. And um, so he spent tons of money developing these tools really to help people. And, and really the, what we charge is to kind of get our money back for the development. Um, we haven't, um, no one's become rich off this. Let me say that. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so our visions in, in about empowering the entrepreneur, we sell our products really hard. If anybody's been turned off by that, I've gotten some feedback about that, but we sell them hard because we're passionate about them mm -hmm. and, and truly the prices that we charge are so that we can develop other products that can, can empower and help the entrepreneur. Um, and so that's kind of our vision. That's kind of our, our motto is let's continue to, for, to, to empower the entrepreneur through the development of our existing products as well as new products. And like I said, Josh has a million ideas um, and we would like to do them all, but developing software is really expensive. Um, <laughs> heard, and, so, and so we're, uh, that's kind of how we're doing that. And, and so like I going back to the roadmap, right? So I'm developing, you know, trying to understand what we've got out there today, what we can do to make it better, maximize what we have. And then from our users, we're trying to understand where they want us to develop um, in the future. What are the things that they want? Mm -hmm. And so we're going to, we're in the process of understanding that. And then we'll publish a roadmap to say, Hey, here's a cool graphic that's on one page that says, this is where we're going with Sin Jim over the next year. You know, if you're an investor in our company, meaning you spend money with us, mm -hmm. uh, this is what we're using your money to do. And so that's kind of a, a, a something we want to do in the near term. That's exciting. Good stuff. Well, listen, you and I talked before the, the show and you know, we had agreed that you would offer something special for the listeners, but because of our timeline with, uh, us needing to record and everything. We don't know what that is yet. So yeah. by the time this goes live, there'll be a link in the show notes. So you guys can click on that and it'll get you to send Jim and uh, do all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's what you've got to do. If you're listening to this, here's what you've got to do. If you've got a small business and you think that following up with your existing customer base is important. Now, if you don't, you still should do this anyway but I'm not going to fight with you. But if you, if you believe that that's important, you need to at least click on the link and go look at the stuff. I'm pretty sure you, they have a free trial. I don't remember. It's been so long since I signed up. But yeah, I think we have a 14 day free trial. We're yeah. extending it to 30 days because that's how much we believe in this. And, awesome. uh, and so, yeah, uh, there's no cost to you go out there, try it. Um, 
yeah, don't take our word for it. Yeah, just do it. Just get out there. And um, if I, unless you're changing stuff, I do, I think when you do the free trial, because I did it, it's just, it's been so long ago. I think you get a few free credits so you can send yourself a couple of postcards or something like that. If you want to just, if you just want to test drive it just to see how it works and, and what the quality yeah. of the cards and the cards are great. As a matter of fact, the woman that, uh, the one that I told you was that eleven twelve hundred dollars one that I just got from a, a five around. Uh, she actually commented twice about the quality of the card, you know, and I was just like, hell yeah, I love it. So, so it's good if stuff. You're worried about the designing and having a designer and all that. There's hundreds and hundreds of templates in there, yeah. uh, broken down by industry. So, uh, you really don't need to bring anything. Just, uh, mm-hmm. come in there and participate, at least send yourself some brownies on the free trial. Yeah. It's good stuff. Highly recommended. And guys, again, um, I, I may, I don't right now. I may have an affiliate link with uh, Sin Gym. I know they do it, and I've oftentimes thought about getting it. I've got an affiliate link with Responsibid. But I want you to understand, I'm not recommending this company because I'm not getting anything for it. I've never got a penny. I've never got a penny from Sin Gym. I'm a, I'm a paying customer. You need to use it because it works, because it does, does what you need. And the reason I have people on my, my podcast, especially if we're talking about a product, uh, I can assure you this. I'll never have a product on here that I don't believe in. Never have anything on here that, that we don't push. This is something just coming from it's worked for me. It's helped me succeed. I want you to, to succeed as well. So Daniel, I've got one more question for you. And yeah. I always save that this is kind of like the, like in a job interview and it's like, where, where are you going to be in five years? You know, like the big one, like where you really want to see where they're at. So I always save this for the end. And, uh, I thought about doing it at the beginning, but you don't want to start at the top and then, then go down on a, on an episode. So let me paint a pitch, picture for you. Then you're gonna have to make a choice. Have you ever, did you ever see the old Mad Max Thunderdome movie back when you were young? You're striking out on movies, Bobby. Okay. Seen you haven't seen it. All right. So here's the deal. It's a post-apocalyptic world. Um, really just crazy stuff. I, I don't have a better way to describe it, but it's just crazy. Uh, the country is ran by like just little regional warlords because like nuclear attacks have happened. And the Thunderdome in this one town called Bartertown, it's like just this big dome that's got it's like kind of meshy wire all over it. It's probably like half the size of a football field at the base. It's got weapons attached to the dome everywhere. And the, you've probably heard people use the phrase, two men enter, one man leaves before. It yeah. came from this movie. Two men enter the Thunderdome, but only one leaves, all right? So imagine you're in the Thunderdome, but you don't get any weapons. And you have to fight one of the two options I'm about to present. Fight to the death, all right? You get to fight one horse-sized duck or a thousand duck-sized horses who's going to be your opponent and what's going to be your strategy to defeat them oh my gosh bobby um (laughs) that's a that's a tough question i just want Uh, you to know i'm going to judge who you are as a person based on your answer you can tell a lot by a person with this question so i'm going to do the thousand uh duck-sized horses okay is that the option that's, yeah, that's the one. Um, and the reason I'm going to choose that is because I'm going to beat the hell out of the first one and then the rest will be scared. Um, <laughs> that's, I've never heard that strategy, but I like that. I don't know that I could beat the hell out of a horse-sized duck. I don't know? either. Frankly, yeah. like one regular-sized duck can be kind of intimidating. So, uh, so, so you know Dan Plata. I do. He picked the horse-sized duck. And I'm like, damn. How, how did he think he was going to beat that? I don't know. I'm like, dude, you're freaking crazy. He's like, well, I could break their legs. And I'm like, you, their legs would be the size of a telephone pole. What are you talking about? They'd be that big around, you know? He's like, I don't know. I think, you know, with his voice, he's got that deep voice. I, I think I could do it, Bobby. I'm like, you look inside the mouth of a duck and then blow that thing up to a horse's head. You're crazy. Those things are, are vicious and, cr- and just terrifying. So, yeah, I'm with you. My thing, but I like your strategy. I always thought, eh. I'd get gassed a little, little ways, but I could just step on these little mini horses and just, that was my next thing. Just, step yeah, on just step on them and their mouths aren't that big. They can't, you know, do too much. As long as you don't fall down, 
As long as you don't fall down, you're, you're safe. <laughs> Stay on your feet. But I like your idea. Don't even kill the first one. You just pick the first one up by the back of his legs and just start beating him on the ground and just like just enough where he's not dead and just, just an example to all the other little mini horses. I like this. They might even join your side. They might help you fight your next opponent. Exactly. Good stuff. All right. I like your answer. You've passed the test. Guys, don't forget, uh, if you want to get uh, more information about Sinjim, just you can Google it. You can check, click the link that's in the, the description here. Good stuff. Revenue, buddy. We got the super course. Uh, you, if you click on Sinjim, you can get all of the, all the information for all of that stuff. It's really good. I'm Bobby Walker. This is Daniel, the journey of a new entrepreneur podcast. And I want to leave you with one thought, friends. If you're not doing the things you love, you better have a damn good reason for it. But if you're not pursuing those things, there's no good reason for it. Peace out.